This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Greetings and welcome inside Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, our weekly podcast as we look back at special teams throughout the course of sports history and what they did in single seasons that made them stand out and become so memorable. This is the second offering we have considering this month of March as we celebrate the NCAA tournament. Last week, we took a look back at three of the great Cinderella teams of all time. Navy in 1986, Gonzaga of 1999, and 2008 Davidson. We had a lot on David Robinson. We had a lot on Steph Curry. Back then, he was Stephen Curry. Stephen, get it right. This is our second, by popular demand, our second round of Cinderella's as we take a look back at three Cinderella's from the NCAA tournament history as they were able to achieve what nobody thought they could. We have a team from the 80s. We got a team from the aughts. And a team from the teens. Our first team we're looking back at now, the 1986-1987 Providence Friars. Why? This was a team led by second-year Providence head coach Rick Pitino, who relied on his star point guard Billy Donovan to get everything done for Providence as they finished fourth in the Big East, 25-9 and nine overall, and made a huge Cinderella run through the NCAA tournament to the Final Four. Rick Patino. It invokes so many thoughts as you start going. You mentioned the Billy Donovan. So you've got coaching royalty mm-hmm. in terms of your player and your coach. And obviously for Rick Patino, a lot of twists and turns to the story uh, for... Rights purposes, I can't start whistling any Billy Joel themes behind your words, so we'll just kind of leave that alone uh, as we go through. But a highly decorated coach, respected for what he was able to do in between the the white lines. And, you know, obviously controversies along the way, but this is the genesis of a long, illustrious career of of a complicated guy Mm -hmm. in the coaching circles. And you don't normally coach as long as he did without having one or two hiccups along the way. But the origin story is always pretty entertaining. So on Patino's coaching staff this year, Stu Jackson and graduate assistant Jeff Van Gundy. Look at that. On the Providence coaching staff (laughs) in 1986-1987. Did uh, Patino make him shave his head a little bit? Uh, Well, yeah, I think he had to shave his head. My hair is really good. You you can't have the same. I think Van Gundy was shaving his head since uh, he was like 13. Or just, you know, letting it grow in certain places. Uh, now, this Providence team had some pretty good players on it. Delray Brooks was really good. Marty Conlon turned into a good player. They had Abdul Shamsid Dean, who was from my hometown. And it was a very big deal that he was playing because not many guys got scholarships to big time D1 schools at that time. And he was from my hometown and he went and got it with Providence. And he's on this big 
you know, Cinderella run to the final four. And I'm in high school going, oh, my God, this guy. I watched him play a couple of years ago, and here he is going to the final four. Did they go and make a little shrine to him or anything? Uh, no, because we had other guys who, who played better after that. But this was the but first But after guy. that, I mean, but no, you no, don't no. celebrate the first? Well, he didn't go to my high school. He went to a no, rival No, but I'm school. just saying, in, in the area, I mean, there, there had to be some I told you how we use. celebrated. That's how we celebrated it. That was it. That's it? That was our celebration. He was a guy. That was it. He was a guy. <laughs> All right. He got an article in the newspaper. Good for him. Uh, look, Billy Donovan, especially just for a minute or two on him, he was smart. He was clutch. He put up big numbers. This wasn't, hey, I'm going to run the team and I'm six points, six assists. No, this is a, Billy Donovan was the leading, was one of the leading scorers of, of Providence. And when they needed a bucket, he was the guy they went to. It wasn't like, well, he said, no, he was the guy. Patino trusted him with everything. Average 20 a game, averaging th- seven three-point shots per game. 7.1 assists. I mean, doing a, a little bit of everything. Shooting percentage a little lower than you'd like yeah. at about 44%, but helping to run the point and make things happen. First round of the NCAA tournament, they draw UAB, also known as Alabama-Birmingham, as a sixth seed. Providence wins this game 90-68. to 68. They were never in any trouble. Okay, hey, Providence is a sixth seed. They move on to the second round. And this was a very big game that in NCAA history is one of the great early round games, they play Austin P in the second round, the 14 seed who had pulled a big upset to get to this point in the NCAA tournament. I remember all the signs of this game, the flies open, let's go P like and any sign you can think of that involved urine, uh, you know, Austin P this was up at this game. Surprise. Most of those weren't outlawed. Well, the way, the way they do signage nowadays. Yeah, but it's the 80s, man. Anything went wild, in the 80s. wild and crazy. Anything went. Everything man. else was banned on television. <laughs> but if you wanted to bring a sign somewhere, have at it. We can show that because it wasn't our content. Yeah, this is a huge game because it comes down to the wire, and Austin P clearly could be a 14 seed that goes to the Sweet 16. Down late, Bob Thomas is fouled and is able to go to the free throw line for Austin P. He misses a one and one. He was terrible at the line. Right? Terrible at the line. Billy Donovan, it's a big shot to tie the game. Bob Thomas is fouled again. He goes to the free throw line for a one and one. If he makes one, they're going to win because there's only a couple of seconds left. He misses again. So the game goes to overtime. And Thomas hit one of those free throws. Austin P likely wins this game. Yeah, he goes two of seven from the line overall. So that was the guy. Get him! <laughs> uh, in, in overtime, Billy Donovan gets his pocket picked with about 50 seconds left as Providence is up one. You're thinking, okay, Austin P can take the lead. But Donovan races down court, steals the ball back. Uh, it, it, I mean, just an amazing play by Billy Donovan. And they wind up getting up 90 to 87 and they have the ball in the final 35 seconds. And you're thinking, okay, well they're up three. Austin P's going to foul. They couldn't foul for some reason. They just couldn't or wouldn't foul in the backward. They couldn't catch anybody. And the final 30 seconds ticks off the clock. Donovan's dribbling out the clock for most of it. And it's how can you not foul? I mean, Provin- you, you got to extend the game. You got to put in the free throw line, come down and shoot a three. You got to do these things. And they couldn't, f- 30 seconds, they couldn't foul. You see teams sometimes, well, it took a while. All right, eight seconds went off the clock. No, this was over 30 seconds. Austin P couldn't foul. Just a uh, curiosity, right? I mean, that's that's good ball movement, but at some point you just throw yourself at somebody to, to stop the clock. Now, reminder, Bob Thomas is not former Bears kicker Bob Thomas. And then, and Do you want to talk about former Justice. Bears kickers? I just for a second because sorry, Cody I mean, Parkey. What happened to Cody Parkey? Oh, what, why, why do you uh, hate me? So? Sorry, buddy. No, this guy became a, a Illinois Supreme Court judge. I mean, so I just wanted to this show Bob a Thomas. That no, not that. Oh, uh, see, it'd be a good the story. Bears kicker uh, Bob Thomas. It's a better story because we're talking about the other Bob Thomas. Yeah, no, missing I, free throws and now, but here he is. I don't know the Supreme what, Court maybe Justice. Maybe that sent him down a bad path. I don't. Well, you don't know. Maybe he became a, a state Supreme Court justice. Well, let's take a look. Shall like, you we? know, we have senators and state senators, like the state senators that don't matter. You know, we have senators, like maybe he became a state. It was a state Supreme you, Court. You never can tell. Justice. Thing with the guy in the place. Yeah. Could have happened for him. Could have been. So the Providence Friars now move on to the Sweet 16. And Rick Patino at this point is one of the darlings of the NCAA tournament. Youthful. Full of energy, you could you you know you always knew a Rick Pitino team because you could hear him shouting on the court, especially when his team was playing defense. Mm-hmm. In fact, later on in his career, because we're talking about when he went to the Knicks after this, 
There was a big stat that when the Knicks were playing defense in front of their own bench, they gave up like six points less per quarter than they did at the other end of the court because they could also because they could all hear Patino yelling, switch, do this, do this, do this. And because they can hear him giving their instructions, they played better. And when they couldn't hear him because it's further down court, they didn't play as good defensively. Is there a law on the NBA books about IFBs? Like if you I'm can sure put, there is. If you can put a little listening I, device. I don't think you can. I don't think you can do that. Could you bang a trash can or something? I, I, I don't, if I bang a trash can, it means it's a jumper. If I don't bang it, it means he's going in for a layup. Maybe Band-Aids with little buzzers underneath. I don't know. Communication with the coach. So Patino is getting a lot of ink at this point. They go into the Sweet 16 and they face the two seed in the Southeast region, Alabama. And this was never a contest. Providence goes 14 out of 20 on three-pointers. They move on to the Elite Eight where they're facing the number one seed in the region, Georgetown. And this is this is Georgetown being legendary. This is, hey, we had Patrick Ewing and now we're moving on to the next great invention of our Georgetown Hoya dynasty. And Providence, likely because they were familiar with Georgetown, not only did they give them a big game, they blew them out, 88-73. They pressured the Hoyas into a horrible shooting night, and Providence officially becomes the Cinderella of the NCAA tournament, even though they were a six seed. It's not that big a deal, but nobody expected Providence to make it to the Final Four, but they get to the Final Four after beating a team from the Big East, Georgetown. You know coming off this game, Georgetown is going, man, anybody else, anybody else, and we make it to the Final Four. But we get a team that knows us, and so our advantage over these teams is less because when you play a team from your own conference, they can prepare. They know how to prepare for you. So that was a huge advantage for Georgetown as a higher seed they didn't have. Yeah, a lot of lot of tape on common opponents and tendencies, and obviously that's easier done now than it was 30 years ago. But, I mean, you, you look at just the, the opportunities that that roll through for this Providence squad and you know familiarity uh usually gives us some really great games and this one was a classic Reggie Williams with a big effort Charles Smith with a a good effort as well but just not enough the next weekend Providence goes home they face Big East foe Syracuse yeah. and Syracuse before I went to college there takes care of Providence ends their run. They move on to the championship game. The famous one against Indiana won by Keith smart, but Rick Pitino has done enough. He has taken Providence to the final four and always one knowing an opportunity and seeing one when it's there. Rick Pitino gets the head coaching job with the New York Knicks. When this happened, Larry Brown really wanted this job. I mean, Larry Brown had to wait. Like He wanted a lot of different jobs. Well, he did. He wanted to have all the jobs at once. <laughs> Larry Brown had to wait a decade or two to get this next <laughs> job that he really wanted. Well, they In eventually fact, gave it to him. He was so upset that at one point he was telling, he told people, you know, no one would know Patino if Thomas had hit the one-on-one for Austin P, Like, he goes back to that. If, if that kid hits, that, hits the one-on-one in Austin P. Rick Pitino doesn't go on this run. No one would know who he is, and I would be the head coach of the New York Knicks. I like that. I mean, that's that's good revisionist history and and might have been true. Yeah. But, look, Larry Brown eventually got to coach, I think, everywhere he ever wanted to. Yeah, he did. And sure. And then some. You want to talk about well-traveled. In our other podcasts, we've talked about guys good, either doing job hopping or team hopping Shaquille O'Neal at the end of his career. Hey, how many jerseys can we hang up? <laughs> right. Before we get done, Larry Brown's certainly there, but for Rick Pitino, look, fortune and, you know, opportunity and a little bit of luck and strategy, right? Thomas went two of seven from the foul line. Clearly he was rattled. Clearly he was not a guy that was going to finish. And then they couldn't fall down the stretch. How about you talk about that, Coach? Mm. The ability to work the ball <laughs> and not get fouled again. But, I mean, just for Rick Pitino, you know, you take the opportunity. Knicks, yeah. You know, and you mentioned he the goes, prowess look, defensively. He goes to the Knicks. They win their first division title in 20 years. And I'm thinking, wow, the Knicks are good because my whole life the Knicks stunk. And they do I, again. Because I just, yeah, well, yeah, they're back to that. But, like, my whole life I didn't start following basketball till the mid-70s. I'm seven, eight, nine years old. The Knicks were terrible. They were terrible then. They were terrible early 80s. Finally, Patino shows up. They win the division. I'm like, oh, my God, the Knicks are going to be good. He coaches another year. Then he says, you know what? I don't like the NBA anymore. I want to leave. 
and the Knicks let him out of his contract. He goes and coaches Kentucky, wins the NCAA championship later on over Syracuse. Of course. And the legend of Rick Pitino grows in college basketball. He went to the Celtics again and coached. Then he went back to Louisville, won the national championship there. But this was the beginning for Rick Pitino was, hey, he had the big run. Two years at Providence, Final Four, not going to get any better. I take the opportunity when it's there. And this Providence team, and really had known as much for Billy Donovan as much as Rick Pitino because of what Donovan's going to be able to accomplish, winning back-to-back titles with sure. the Gators, succeeding in the NBA. I mean, you go back and look at this game. You go back and look. At, um, go back and look at some of these highlights of Billy Donovan, especially like I talked about the play against Austin P, where he steals the ball and goes down the court, and when Austin P can't steal the ball from him, and you can tell while he's dribbling. Yeah, this is a future coach. This is going to be a future head coach. It's like, you know, Rick Pitino was molding himself in Billy Donovan to take over and, and move on and do great things. Well, and you look at what Donovan went on to do collegiately, and he was a 71% guy. I mean, mm-hmm. as a coach. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Just absolute dominance at Florida after a couple of years at Marshall, and you roll through for Rick Pitino. Long career. Every once in a while, there's still that. How do you come back? He's hanging out in Greece. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Good luck, Rick Patino. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> you, ne- you never know, man. The, you know, vacated title, things of that nature. But the accolades, uh, it's a long laundry list. And, you know, we always play the can you tell the story of a sport without a guy? You certainly cannot look at the last 30 years of college basketball without a bunch of nods to Rick Patino no, and not what at all. he meant to it and going into Billy Donovan and everything else that transpired between here and there. So there's the legendary 86-87 Providence team. How about some where are they now? All right. First, we got uh, Delray Brooks. He coached with Patino at Kentucky. Uh, he is at Clay High School. He's a special ed teacher since 2013. Uh, and they got David Snedeker, former Final Four, but Hollywood director, but he also does stuff uh, working with insurance companies trying to help with claims and helping physicians. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Sure, there's a pretty penny to be made in that process. You get involved in the medical field, you're going to make money. But he became a renaissance man, right? Hollywood director, did a little bit of this, all that, and eventually into insurances. Wow. So there it is, 86-87 Providence. Coming up next, we take a look at the first mid-major to the Final Four since 1979, a legendary team we still talk about. And a guy who once confided in me, I don't know what I'm supposed to do on the red carpet when people come up and interview me. Wow. We got that coming up next right here. Special teams, Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. 
We are now fast forwarding into the aughts for our next Cinderella team, one of the greats of all time. Is that your favorite word to say? Aughts? You seem to, you, you get this regal status about you and you sit upright in your chair as opposed to your normal slouch position. The aughts. You know, you know why? Because I feel like the aughts were this vast, barren wasteland <laughs> for both, you know, anything in entertainment and music. And I just feel like it's a forgettable decade. So it's like the, uh, the aughts makes it at least sound important. Okay, you're trying to add some air yeah. of import to it. Because it's kind of like when you feel the need to add Esquire or something at the back end of a signature. Please, I, mean, I earned this degree. Look, whenever, you're going to address me as such, even in my junk mail. Whenever we talk about stuff in sports, we go back sometime between now and 2010, or we go back to the 90s or the 80s. When do we go to the aughts? Remember the aughts? No, we never do. No, that's on you. Fair Vast, point. barren wasteland, the aughts. However, one of the big shining stars of the aughts, the 2006 team, the George Mason Patriots who made it all the way to the Final Four, the first mid-major team to get to a Final Four since 1979. What was so interesting about George Mason? They were a top 25 team during the course of the season. Mm -hmm. It's not like George Mason was, well, they, they went on a run, they won their tournament, and suddenly they go on this huge, unpredictable steamrolling through the tournament. No, they were a top 25 team, but they didn't win the CAA. The Colonial Athletic, which they led all year, they lost in the tournament. So they were leading. You know, look, there it's a 27 and 8 team overall. Look, they're going to the NCAA tournament. No, they lose, but they get invited as an at-large team. Cincinnati and Florida State were two teams that people went crazy for, saying, how do you snub these two teams for a mid-major? Oh, this was a big deal, right? This was the where the term mid-major took on the pejorative term like no other time in its history. Now it's, you know, non-PC. To call a mid-major. We just talk about the expanded college basketball universe. And you know me, I wouldn't let any mid-majors in the NCAA tournament because they don't play the schedule over the course of the year that merits them inclusion with all of the, you know, quote, power five schools, though there's more than five power conferences in college basketball. But, like, I can't say that George Mason, because they win the CAA, deserves to get in over a Florida State that plays an ACC schedule. They don't, because if if you're talking about putting George Mason in the ACC, what would their record be? They'd be lucky if they got to 500 and probably be way under it. But then you have a Florida State team, let's just say, that wins 18 or 19 games. Well, clearly they're the better team. Look, mid-majors just don't earn it as much over the course of the season. It's like taking a team that, hey, they won their AAA, they won AAA, the International League, or the PCL, let's put them in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Well, well, no. Sure, they could win a game here or there because, you know, any given Sunday, but did they really prove that they should be playing with the bigger teams? No. So, you know me, I would never put a mid-major in the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, that's why we celebrate the outliers when they do happen, but it, it does become an annual rite of how do you wring your hands when, as soon as those first projections of the field start coming out as we usually about the start of conference play, right? That's when we start getting into, well, you know, through the first 10, 11 games and we go through. And this is what makes everybody nervous, right? That you're going to have some team left out. And when you, you talk about your, your power conferences, and the schedules and trying to do it's an apples to oranges comparison. And that becomes the difficult part. Yes. There's some pageantry to it. Great for the one shining moment video montage at the end of the tourney. But most times it's succeed and proceed for the higher seed. So why not allow those teams from the better conferences maybe go a little deeper in the selection of those. Jim Laranega, head coach, who I actually met on the red carpet of the SBs Did once, you? which I'll tell you a fun story okay, about Okay, good. Uh, look, he is having, in the middle of great success, he came to George Mason in 1997. This was his dark side of the moon. They win their opening round NCAA tournament game, and they beat Michigan State. Michigan State was in the final four the year before, but this was an 11-6 game. They shot well from the field. They shot horribly from the free throw line, and they still won by 10. They had a huge rebound advantage over Michigan State, and they won without Tony Skin, who was their second leading scorer during the year because he was suspended because he punched a Hofstra player in the groin during the CAA semis. And if there's one thing the NCAA doesn't like, it's a groin punch. I mean, I don't like him either, but the NCAA doesn't like him. How do you only get a one-game suspension for a groin punch? Maybe one punch, one game. I don't know. It seems multiple to me punches, it, multiple look, games. if you land to the groin... Seems like that's a multiple, isn't it? 
He's landed one to the groin. If he lands one above the shoulders, a multiplier. If you if you get the groin shot, there should be a multiplier. I mean, anywhere in between, hey, you know, just a one game is fine. Second game of the tournament. Now, all right, George Mason wins. They beat Michigan State. They were in the Final Four. Right, Raises some fine. eyebrows. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's great. Uh, then they beat North Carolina, the defending national champions. They were getting drubbed 16-2 to two in this game. And you figure, okay, thank you for coming, George Mason. Thanks for being here. But they get a close game at halftime, and then Larinaga sends them out early for warm-ups in the second half. And he said, you got to play this game like the other team doesn't have jerseys on, like you don't know they're North Carolina. And they went on to win this game, and they didn't have a crazy celebration after it was over. No, just... Line up for handshakes, moving on, and that's what the big teams normally do. This is a mid-major team that lost their way a bit in the first half, made it close at halftime, came out and boat raced them in the second half, and suddenly this is the team that's acting like they're the favorites. Held North Carolina to 36% shooting in this game. 36%. Uh, And then on two-point shots, they were 13 of 34. That's the thing that you circle. And you, it's one thing to be a Houston Rockets type team and just shoot yourself out of a game because you're not hitting from three. But when you talk about being inside the arc and shooting such a low percentage over the course of a game, 38% inside the arc, uh, that really is telling. And this North Carolina, even though they were the defending champion, you, you had Tyler Hansbro, uh, was the, the big name player on this squad. It wasn't the the same juggernaut as it were. And George Mason moves on. So George Mason moves on in the NCAA tournament, a surprise team in the sweet 16, but still everyone is expecting George Mason to go home. Why? Cause they don't really have a star player. They have five guys in double figures and you, okay. It's going to end because they don't have, they don't have the John Morant who can take us all the way through, but their next games against Wichita state. All right, it's Wichita State, another mid-major. They win this game 63-55, and suddenly George Mason is in the Elite Eight. So now awaiting them in the Elite Eight, the number two team in the country, number one seed in the region, the UConn Huskies. All right, this is where really everything is ending for the UConn Oh, yeah, the expectation for George Mason. The the bracket set up nicely for George Mason through – through, I mean, some heavyweights, perennial heavyweights, but catching them at the right time. But this one seemed like a, all right, thanks for playing. Here's your consolation prize. UConn had Rudy Gay, Marcus Williams. They had all kinds of talent on this team, but UConn needed a layup at the buzzer to force overtime. And then they missed a three to win the game. George Mason wins by two. All five George Mason starters in double figures again. All the solid players that they had on this team. And here they are in the final four. And now they've taken over. Now this tournament becomes completely about George Mason. But the amazing thing about this particular game is you you have an 86-84 victory. Three points off the bench. Three points off the bench. Norwood plays 19 minutes, zero points. (laughs) <laughs> and then you get, and think about that. I mean, 86 points in a game with three yeah. off the bench. All right, we're just running five guys. We're just going to uh, rely on you. No, and the only guy that you really hooked into, for it was all about the team, but Jai Lewis was right. the guy who had a big tournament. Look, and he led the team in scoring 13 points per game over the course of the season. It's not like he scored 20 a game. Look, you had a bunch of guys with between 13 and 11 points per game. Lewis was the guy that cut through in the tournament, But it was really the story about George Mason, who up until this point was just a character in 24, who actually wound up, they killed his character off, actually, George Mason. Spoiler alert. What if I wanted to go back and binge watch? uh, Xander Berkeley, who played George Mason. Yeah, they killed his character off. Third season? Fourth season. Fourth season. Third season. What if I was a big Xander Berkeley fan? Are you really a Xander Berkeley fan? I think right. I, if it's the guy I'm thinking of, yeah, he I am, actually. Up, he wound up marrying the woman who played Nina from the first season of 24. How about that? Who you thought was on Jack's side and then wasn't, and then was, and then wasn't. So, yeah, sorry. I was right. That's the guy I like. Boy, I'm really spoiling this for you. It's okay. um, so that he was just in, uh, Xander Berkeley was just in uh, Walking Dead. 
Yeah, that I definitely didn't see. No, he was, yeah, he was, oh yeah, he was spineless and walking dead. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. But his name was George Mason. I mean, literally spineless because the zombies oh, no, took no. it? No, 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 he had just, he had no, he, he was going to let the bad people come in and do whatever they wanted uh, to. Yeah, he was a bad leader, bad leader. But that was George Mason up until this point. Now it's George Mason. They get to the final four, four days between games. They play Florida. Or really, really, you have six days between games. They play Florida, the eventual national champion, Florida Gators. Balance Gators, man. And the Gators, look, this was when the Gators were at their peak, when they were just rolling through and they put all kinds of guys in the NBA. Well, and Joe Kim Noah played harder than anybody. You had Even at the collegiate level. Noah, yeah, he was full of heart, (laughs) even back with Florida. I mean, this was, Florida, they put so many guys in the NBA. See, since this is audio only, Jason just rolled his eyes, (laughs) being the Knicks fan that he is, thinking of Joe Kim Noah. I, I had him, you know, as my Chicago fandom with the Bulls and got the best out of him. You That's got all they ever said left. about the guy. Oh, Joe Kim Noah plays with he heart. Cares. Yes, he plays with heart. But th- look, this Florida <laughs> team, this is part of back-to-back national yeah. championships for them. Billy Donovan, uh, this Florida, they were just, they were superstars of college basketball. So Florida ends it for George Mason, but getting to the final four, they make their mark. Again, first mid-major team to get to the final four since 1979. But they become one of the People to put on teams to put on the poster, yeah. as it were, of little teams that could, right? This is the justification mm-hmm. of expanding the field and looking a little deeper and going into the mid-majors and allowing them in, even though time and again you see the early exits and it's the all right, color by numbers mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> NCAA tournament. But here's one where they rose up, if only for a couple of weeks. We still celebrated George Mason. I remember being at the ESPYs. This is back when I was hosting all night on ESPN Radio. And mar- part of my gig every year, the best part was getting to go and cover the red carpet arrivals at the ESPYs. Except that it was 100 degrees. Yes, and that, was, burning oh, that was up. awful. It was so I, hot. I did that a couple of times. Oh, my it was, God, it was so hot. Yeah. But Jim Laranega comes up and, you know, I figured one of the first people walking through is Jim Laranega. Like, he's on the red carpet of the ESPYs. Like, the red carpet starts at 3.30, and all the stars, like, come on. No, he's at, like, 3.32. Like, the (laughs) first guy coming on the red carpet. Like, I don't know. Am I supposed to be here? I don't know. Fine. It's like going going to a party. Some some member of your your family always wants to be there right when it starts. Right. Or when you're not the cool guy going, hey, the party starts at 10. You show up at, like, 10.45 because there's the people that show up right at 10. Hey, can I come in? Yeah, come on in. I mean, that's kind of more. I mean, you got to get the party started somehow. So Laranega comes on and I interview him for a couple minutes and I say to him, okay, are you used to red carpets? He goes, no, this is the first one. He was a really great guy. And I said, who are you wearing? He said, what? I said, who are you wearing? You're on the red carpet. You got to tell me who you're wearing. What design are you wearing? He goes, oh, uh, Oh boy, I don't know. And he turns to his wife and she goes, Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm like, all right, you know, no. And meanwhile, knowing you, you're cackling like a madman. So yeah, it was funny. Yeah. We finished the interview and he leaves. And then, you know, he goes on to do the rest of the red carpet. And I go on to do other interviews. And I'm noticing as I'm ending an interview, he's kind of waiting on the periphery and he catches my eye. And I'm going, Jim Laranega wants to come back and talk to me. He why, wants why, to have another understand. interview. Hey, you know, we were talking about something. He comes back to me, puts his arm on my shoulder, and he whispers in my ear, he goes, Hugo Boss. I looked on the inside and saw the thing. It's Hugo Boss. I'm That's like, oh, awesome. Okay. So he wanted me to know he's wearing Hugo Boss on the That's red That's fantastic. Carpet. He knew. He knew. That was Jim Laranega. He was a fun guy. Fun guy. And look, the legacy of George Mason, as you said, being because we saw other teams, other bin majors rise up in the in the previous in the ensuing years. But they were the first one. and they, they started the ball rolling. But yeah, I mean, that's the hard part of the process is that when you start going into that room and here's the bubble teams, right? Because you've got your automatic bids. That's one thing. They weren't. They weren't. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can't argue against the. All right. They're the conference champion. Let them in. But. <laughs> When you get an at-large bid, I mean, that's a responsibility. They validated. validated. I mean, that's a big responsibility when you're the first to Mm -hmm. try to cut through. So how about some, where are they now, Mike Harmon? Where are some of these players now? We'll start with Tony Skin. He is an assistant coach at Louisiana Tech. We go to Lamar Butler. He runs something called Sports Heaven. I run Sports Heaven. We run Sports Heaven every night. Every night. Oh, we got to sue him. Yeah, well, we, we didn't what is, trademark What is it. sports heaven? It is a, if you need sporting goods for oh. schools and youth leagues or... Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, kind of an extension, you know, a competitor to say you're played against and, and things of that nature. So you can go down that road. I dig it. So you got that. Sports heaven gives me a completely different picture in my mind, but that's okay. Well, we'll save that for another podcast. Sports another heaven. Time. The Knicks uh, win a game. Sports <laughs> heaven. 
Sorry. They've had a couple of two-game winning streaks in the last two, two or three months. seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Season, sure. Okay. All right. But they All changed right. up the front office. Okay. Better days are ahead. All right. Yes. Thank you. And Jai Lewis, a wellness educator in the Baltimore City Public Schools. So student wholeness. So he's gone through with a bunch of things for both the you know, physical fitness, but also mm-hmm. from the psychological side. So helping students navigate in Baltimore, obviously one of the cities in our nation that gets spotlighted for mm-hmm. some, some of the issues. John Lewis trying to help that along. How do you feel? I feel good. My work here is done. I'm going home for the day. Yeah, but you got to do it again tomorrow. Oh, well, that's the whole thing with school. And multiply it by hundreds. So that's the 2006 George Mason Patriots. Coming up next, how about a Cinderella team? So surprising, many of their players weren't even ranked in databases coming out of high school. Sweet. That's coming up next right here, a special teams podcast with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. So from the aughts to the teens, we move for our final team spotlighted on a Week two of our special Cinderella's NCAA tournament podcast run here on special teams. As we look back at Dunk City, the 2012-2013 Florida Gulf Coast Eagles that captured all our attention. Andy Enfield was in his second year there. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, many of Florida Gulf Coast players weren't ranked in databases coming out of high school. This is the lowest seeded team to ever make the Sweet 16 and did it with players that weren't even ranked. It's like saying, hey, what do you think about this guy? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about him. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Sign him. Why not? Found him walking around, playing bas- pickup basketball on campuses and just hanging out. I mean, like open tryouts. And there's, there's a million ways, as we've chronicled in some of the other special teams podcasts that we've done. You know, you, you come upon talent in many different ways, and sometimes it just all coalesces and comes together so beautifully. And in this one, they, they captivated uh, a nation as you got deeper in, in their tournament run. Florida Gulf Coast was only the number two team in the Atlantic Sun Conference, but they upset Mercer in the championship game to earn the automatic bid. They go on to the tournament again. Only in its second year of NCAA tournament <laughs> eligibility. Okay, this is only the second time they're allowed to even go. I'm thinking they pull about an upset win 
and they make it to the tournament. Thinking about my beloved Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, I had my moment in the sun. You did. It was fleeting. Uh, They played a hard schedule over the course of the season to get ready for this. They played games against VCU. They played Miami. They played at Duke. They played St. John's. They played Iowa State. You know, this is a pretty decent out-of-conference schedule to get ready for the season. And it paid off because in their first round game, they upset two seed Georgetown, 78 to 68. Seems like we talk a lot about Georgetown getting upset. Well, this is in Georgetown's (laughs) run where they were a one or two seed and would lose in the first weekend. Yeah. Like, you go back and look at Georgetown, they're never making it on a special teams, by the way, because, you know, Syracuse (laughs) guy, we're never doing Georgetown. And two, this is decided that's it. Oh, it's never doing Georgetown. And this is the middle of a run in which every year it was, we're a top seed. And then they would lose. They'd be out of it by the first weekend. But the main thing about Florida Gulf Coast, look, they had the nickname Dunk City because they were fun. They ran up and down the floor. And this game against Georgetown was like when you turn on your television for the first time and you see what something looks like in 3D. I mean, they kept running and throwing up alley-oops instead of milking the clock. They played with energy. They didn't try to kill the clock at the end and say, okay, hey, we're a team pulling off a big upset. We're getting nervous down the stretch. No, they were just going crazy during this game. Enfield even said after the game, I got crazy dudes on this team. They had no consciences. This this game looked like one of those Rucker Park uh, games in New York City where guys are throwing full court behind the back passes. Guys are catching them at the rim and rocking one through and holding on after. I mean, look, Dunk City was a pretty good apropos nickname, and right away, they captured all our imagination because of their style of play and pulling the upset. No, and you're playing with house money, right? That stage, none of them expected to be on at any point. And so it all comes together and you're on the big stage and you play wide open basketball. I mean, cause you go back into the regular season. It's not like they were putting up a hundred points a night either. Right. There was some usually in the upper seventies, low eighties is where they got to most nights, but battle tested and ready for the step up in class in competition. Once you got to the tournament. So that's certainly there you're seasoned, but the other is Enfield I mean, has to have put into their heads, like, let's just go out and play basketball. Let's go do our thing. This, don't let this be this stage break us. I mean, we see it across all sports, right? Guys get to a tournament or a, the NFL or NBA playoffs, and suddenly the rim seems smaller or things seem, seem too fast. Here, just go have some fun. And they laid it out. So they go on now to meet San Diego State in the next game. All right, so they, it's a 15 seed. Well, it's, all right, Florida Gulf Coast, they're fun. San Diego State, we don't really know a lot about them. Marshall Falk is not playing in this no, game. No, he's not. But it's Steve Fisher, so and, we know him. And again, Florida Gulf Coast runs up and down the floor. They're dunking. They're having fun. They're playing very free, and they beat San Diego State 81-71, becoming the first 15 seed to win two games in a tournament, and they move on to the Sweet 16. And sometimes when you pull upsets in the NCAA tournament, you can be a one-game wonder or a one-weekend wonder. But Florida Gulf Coast, because of their style of play, it was like watching a UNLV-type team from the 90s just just come out of nowhere and just you know blow you off the court up and down because of what they can do athletically. And that's why Florida Gulf Coast became legendary after just the first weekend. Because, look, you you get two, three, four Cinderella's making it out of the first weekend now. And, okay, it's fun because you see the excitement of the game. Then you kind of forget about them. And then you remember again when they play a game next week. Okay, who does so-and-so play? Oh, now they play Michigan. Oh, they're going to lose that game. But Florida Gulf Coast was... Everybody wanted to see so much more of them because of their style of play and, and the way it was. It was I can't get enough of Andy Enfield. Where, what job is he going to get after this year? And how good are these guys really? How would they play if they played in a in a bigger conference? I mean, that was the type of attention that Florida Gulf Coast was getting. Well, and I think that's that's it. When we go through the the tournament each and every year, you, you're you're hoping that you have a team that that cuts through. You know, to make the NBA analogy, why everybody got so excited at the different look when the Warriors were on their ascent, right? It's mm-hmm. just a different style. And then, like everything, it becomes copycat. And how do you best keep up with them if you can? And for for this squad, as we watch them roll through, and let's face it, we all like dunks. 
Man, that, Who doesn't why, like dunks? Why highlight shows exist? Everybody, let's, everybody let's likes have the dunks. top ten dunks of the night, and you can do ten dunks out of the <laughs> Florida Gulf Coast Eagles squad. But th- that's just it. You know, you've got that first weekend. There's so much activity, and how do you condense it? Oh, if we can do a couple of dunks, that that's the becomes the signature of the team. That works. It's it's simple, and uh, NCAA fans eat it up, even if it later bust their bracket in a whole other way because normally if we get one of these upsets early, what happens? We pay for it on the back end. So Florida Gulf Coast gets all the publicity for the next few days, awaiting them in the Sweet 16, third seed Florida. And Florida, against ending everybody's season apparently as we do this podcast. Yeah, uh, Florida was just too poised. They were, they, they were just not able to be rattled by Florida Gulf Coast. And the main thing in the 62-50 victory by Florida, Florida had 10 turnovers. Florida Gulf Coast had 20. You're not going to win a game against a top-ranked team when you have a 2-1 to turnover margin. And this was a 62-50 final. I think people were surprised the lack of points in this game, but not totally surprised Florida won, especially when you turn the ball over the way they did. Yeah, no, a good job. In terms of defense, I mean, you hold Florida 62 uh, and 38% shooting, but not doing much uh, on the other end when you start going into the comps in this game. But 20 turnovers, it's what we do in the NFL, right? Let me circle who wins the turnover battle. You're going to win, uh, especially if it's a two to one. I mean, this is just becomes an ugly game uh, and really all the, the hype it died on the vine there, but people will always have their Dunk City t-shirts. Uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing the Dunk City t-shirts everywhere and the same logo like got turned into Lob City t-shirts oh, yeah. a few years later no, for the Clippers. You guys just repurpose it. <laughs> what we got? As, hey, I hope there was a lawsuit if it wasn't the same guys. No one's buying Florida Gulf Coast anymore. All right, I guess I will buy Clippers now. Move it on to somebody else. So after the season is over, where was Andy Enfield going to land? Well, he lands at USC. He has had pretty good success at USC, but I'm kind of surprised he hasn't done a little bit better. Because, look, USC basketball is clearly not the number one program in the, in the city of Los Angeles. It's UCLA. But still, you would think that he'd be able to achieve a little bit more. Look, he's had some, a couple of good seasons with USC. And, you know, this is not to say it's it's been a failure, but, boy, you'd think coming in, being able to recruit all the new energy that USC would have a couple better seasons than they've had. Well, they've had a, a first round exit in the tournament, a second round exit in the tournament. Uh, otherwise, you're looking at back to back, you know, looking at 16 wins, you know, 16 win season uh, heading into 2019, 2020, where, where things started to settle in, into a, a bigger way. But, you know, off the jump, trying to build a program, 11 win season, 12 win season, Seems to have hit a stride. And yeah. let's face it, at USC, and for those unawares, there's been scandal after scandal mm. after scandal. Yeah. Not just when you get into full, Fuller House and Lori Laughlin. John Stamos uh, is there. got to John Stamos. Sure. It's part of, uh, it's a prerequisite for anything uh, Jason Smith show uh, with Mike Harmon related. But seems to have found his place. But it's never going to be the number one source of anything at the school. That's, that's the problem. You're also fighting. You know, football's always going to be 1A, and so you're going to be battling for scraps to some degree. All right, let's play a little Where Are They Now? Where are some of the Dunk City dunkers now, Mr. Harmon? All right, let's go. Eddie Murray, not to be confused. He's with in the, the Hall of Fame. Yes, baseball Played Hall for of the Fame. Mets, played for the Orioles. Also a place kicker hitter. for sure. the uh, Detroit Lions. For a long time. Yeah. yeah, He's a medical sales rep at Biomet in Fort Myers, Florida. How about that? Eric McKnight. He's working in uh, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina uh, for Hyundai, doing some sales and, and marketing. Uh, and then uh, Sherwood Brown still going with the main red claws as you and I sit to talk about this. Wow. Game. He's still in the D League. Or I guess that would be the G League now. The G League. But... but it gets lower and lower every year Gilly. as it goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it got sponsored. So <laughs> someone had to save it. But he's with the main red claws. Well, Red Claws is a pretty good nickname for That's me. Not bad. It's about the lobsters. You know, he, he, and Sherwood Brown was the A Sun player of the year that year. And they just didn't have a great year record wise. Look, they finished Florida Gulf Coast 26 and 11, but still you had a guy, the A Sun player of the year. And hey, 
when you're in Dunk City, you're Dunk City forever. Aw. So that's our look back now. We've had two weeks of the Cinderella podcast, uh, taking a look back at some of the most memorable teams of the past few years in the NCAA tournament. You can hit us up on Twitter at How About a Fresca or at Swollen Dome. You have an idea for some teams you'd like to see featured on future episodes of Special Teams. Our show is heard every night on Fox Sports Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. We'll talk to you next week. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.